Hello, thank you for having me on the show. My name is Tina, the girl who barely survived the shower on Star Island. Everyone has a story to tell. We have a bottle of wine and an ear to listen. Join a couple of dolts as we dote out some anecdotes and welcome to Anecdotal Dote. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Anecdotal Dote, the podcast that celebrates the stories and storytellers in all of us. I'm John Seidenberg, the guy who was once locked in a porta potty. Joining me on this podcast is the bidet of potties, Laura <laughs> Arnold. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> What, um, does that mean I'm fancy? Um, that means you clean up my shit. I, um, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I can't argue that, I guess. <laughs> Laura, have you ever been locked in a porta potty I've been... I've been locked in a choir room. Um, but not a porta potty yeah, okay, so not the same thing. Uh, super great. not. I will say that I was very <laughs> upset that there was not a bathroom. How does that how does that happen? Because now I'm like, do how do I prepare myself for <laughs> So as a freshman in high school, um, my English teacher was working on his master's degree and he asked me, because I was a performer, and two other people, two other kids, uh, if they wouldn't mind helping him do a project for his master's degree. And so the the project would be we would stay after school a couple of nights over like two weeks and we would basically we were doing a like a truncated comedy version of Romeo and Juliet where the three of us would play the different roles. And so And it's a comedy. And it's a comedy. And it was set like in a high school. So I remember like we we recorded a couple of sequences like in front of the lockers and whatever. So we go to record, I wanna say it was like 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 the scene where Mercutio gets stabbed and dies. Um okay. spoiler alert. Um and listen, that play was written in the sixteen hundreds. <laughs> Y'all don't know what happens. There's no saving you. That's that's people die yeah it's it's a shakespeare comedy or sorry tragedy not a comedy (laughs) it's a tragedy so we go i think that's what we were what we were recording but we were outside on location at the um (laughs) at the playground at the elementary school playground and there were a set of porta potties outside next to the playground for some weird reason for construction or something and i went in to use the porta potty restroom and use the restroom it was disgusting and then i go to leave and it won't open and I keep fiddling with the handle and it's not doing anything like I'm struggling to get out. And so I'm like and nobody everybody's like at the playground, which is far enough away that they can't hear me be like, um, can someone help me out of here, please? And so I start like shaking the porta potty to try and get the stupid thing to open and it's not opening. Um, enough time passes that they come over and they're like, either John is having a violent shit or he's stuck inside the porta potty. <laughs> Um, and so eventually we were able to manhandle the door open and I was able to get out, but I was, it was, it was a good five, 10 minutes of me terrified, unable to 
barely breathe because of the odors arising from Satan's asshole below me. We should introduce our amazing guest for this week's episode. We definitely should. Today's guest is a singer, actor, and educator from Bangor, Maine. Welcome to the podcast, Tina Burns. How, how, how did you, first of all, where is Star Island for people who don't know? Okay, so Star Island is a, an island that's part of the Isle of Shoals, which is just off of the coast of New Hampshire. I shouldn't say just off of the coast. It's 10 miles off of the coast of New Hampshire. Part <laughs> of the Isle of Shoals. Okay, so mm. they have these conferences. You can, uh, it's called the Lois Conference, L-O-A-S, Life on a Star. Uh, oh my. So you go to this island. It's a family conference. Um, it's about coming together as a family. And and Phil and I were invited to this conference. Anybody who knows me and knows me well knows that I'm not um, an outdoorsy person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would never camp on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> to me, like that's like the last resort. Like, why would you want to do that? Okay. That's a survival skill and nothing else. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> for that, and you know, no. And the other thing about me is that um, I shower like two times a day, once in the morning and once in the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, and on this island, because you're in the middle, ten miles out in the middle of the ocean, uh, water is is conserved, let's say, mm-hmm. and showers <laughs> are rationed. Okay, so. For every person on the island, they get two showers for the week and two showers <sighs> only for the week. <gasps> okay, so they've taken my my daily expectation of a shower and stretched it out over seven days. So I'm doing okay. I get to about the you know into the second the end of the second day, and I thought, okay, it's fine. Another shower. I says, okay, great. We'll do it tomorrow. There's two two layers to the stall. There's the, the first shower curtain, which is like a changing, kind of like the Y, right? Like a changing room. Oh, this is nice. I got my own little spot here. And then there's another curtain and then the shower. So I push uh, the button to take the shower and it's like, Psh! and then nothing. And I'm oh, like, no. what the heck? So I push it again, Psh! nothing okay, this is not happening. I need to take a shower. (laughs) And so I listen and I hear that there's running water in the shower of whoever is three, four stalls down, whatever that is. Right. So I'm like, well, maybe it's just the stall and they need to put like a piece of paper there that says out of order or something. Yeah. No. Um, I go to the next stall over and I lay my stuff all out again, get my shampoo out, get my, you know, all the things. Push the button, psh, nothing. And I'm going, um, hello? Do you know how to work the shower? Because I'm like, there's gotta be something that I just don't get, right? That I just don't understand. I'm a smart girl, you know? I'm not, that's pretty smart. So right. she says, um, yeah, you have to actually hold it down. And so I'm like, oh, hell no. <laughs> So I, I, I'm okay. I'm trying everything. I'm twisting every knob you can think of. I'm, I'm pumping the, the 
shower thing to try to get it to stay on. Like maybe if I hit it four or five times real fast, it'll stay on for like 10 seconds or something like that. Yeah, no, not, 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 not even a thing. So I'm like, I am not, not taking a shower, right? So I just have to do it. So I get in there. It starts to warm up finally, at least. I look at the shower curtain and I'm like, that is a tension rod. So <laughs> I take the shower curtain down, twist it to the distance between the button and the wall, and I got that stinking shower to stay on, right? <laughs> so I was like, oh, hell yeah, this is not over. <laughs> I'm under the water, it's running consistently, I'm resting my arms, I'm rinsing my hair. Well, I turn around to rinse the part that I was having a problem rinsing in the first place. <laughs> and my shoulder hits the tension bar, pops it off the wall, and it whacks me right between the eyes. <sighs> and I, it hurt so bad, I don't even know what happened until I saw it on the felt my forehead it whacked me between the eyes and i was like how did that even how did that even happen i don't even how how did that even happen <laughs> and so then i'm breathing heavily like oh oh my ow right and i hear are you okay that <laughs> <laughs> i i barely barely survived. So you were saying earlier, you were talking about uh, the, the the business that you and your husband do. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what that is specifically? Oh, sure. Um, thank you. We are uh, Burns Music Studio. Uh, we I teach voice lessons. My husband teaches piano lessons still. And uh, we also have a voice teaching staff of three student teachers, Hannah Wingard, Kate Fogg, and Brielle Bean. Um, and we have been very, very lucky in this pandemic to be able to take all of our lessons online and teach remotely. You came in as a, uh, a consultant, uh, for Matilda, um, which I was in and your husband music directed. And I like to be able to work with you, both of you in that capacity was just incredible. Oh gosh. Thank you so, so much. I, it's my favorite work to do is to uh, be in a room with many, many people and be working with my husband and be pulling together um, all of the elements of uh, good vocal music, good you know music in general, pulling together the elements that free people. Well, I remember the first day that you came in, I remember walking into the rehearsal room and being like, oh, Tina's here. Oh no. Oh no. Cause at, at, cause up to that point, it was like, I, I, I was like, I, I'm aware of her stature. I'm aware of her expertise. And I'm, and it was one of the, we were doing the opening number, which I had to belt my face off on. And I was like, Oh God, Oh God, Oh God, she's going to hear me sing. And I, and you exuded such encouragement and such positivity that it was like like I after like the first two times of doing it I was like okay I'm fine it, everything's fine I'm not like s s you know breaking down into myself like a dying star everything is fine um so that was that was uh, a <laughs> it was a terrifying experience until it wasn't anymore oh my gosh well, 
I, I'm absolutely terrified of everything and everyone in life. I'm like a little, you know, like a, a skittish little dog that runs around with its tail between its legs and away from the world. <laughs> so like to hear you say that, I was like, oh, okay, great. Because guess what? I had the same reaction to your email when you asked me to be on the show. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, oh my God, is that the show? Is that the show? <laughs> share this story and it's one of her absolute favorite stories um and i we were trying to come up with a bunch of different names like what should we call it what should we say and i spent a whole like almost 45 minutes trying to figure out what i was gonna say on your show <laughs> <laughs> and then i got here and i'm like oh oh okay good fine oh. <laughs> Yeah, Tina, if only Laura and I put that much thought into making these, oh my this God. would be a much better product than it actually ends up being. <laughs> That's so real. I get very, very easily uh, intimidated by the thought of something and what I think mm-hmm. it's going to be. It sounds like you may be the same, the same, you may agree with this statement. Like whenever you're in like a master class and they're like, who wants to go first? You don't want to go first, but you also know if I just go first, I don't have to deal with the anxiety of waiting and knowing that I'm going to have to be next at some point. Well, and then too, you don't feel like you have to live up to the person before you. Like you set the bar if you go Mm. first. And I'm saying that like, like I ever did stuff like that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember feeling like, well, here's another example of of how oblivious I am. Okay, so um, Barry Newport graciously uh, gave my name to John Mellencamp and Stephen King to be the vocal coach of the Ghost Brothers of Darkland County when it was making its. Uh, Broadway tour debut from the Collins Center for the Arts. Six years. Oh my ago, gosh. Um, okay, so first of all, I think I crapped my pants because hello. <laughs> what? What? Thank you, Barry. But wow. Okay. Wh- how am I going to do this? What am I going to do? I don't. You know. Whatever. And I freaked out for like a week. And then I talked to the stage manager and he was fantastic down to earth. And his name is John Gallo. He was wonderful. Eased my fears a little bit. Then I talked to the music supervisor and then I crapped my pants again because <laughs> I was hearing, like he told, I got a thing with all the recordings and all the cast people that were going to be in it. Um, Joe Tippett, who's dating Sarah Bareilles was in it. Uh, Gina Gershon, who was in on Broadway and, and oh my uh, gosh. You know, all of this crazy, crazy people. Kate Ferber, who's sang with Shana Taub, she sings with Shana Taub. And you're, I mean, I feel like, I, I could tell every everybody on that stage was a star, including the fact that never mind that Stephen King and John Mellencamp were going to be my boss, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I was coaching, and uh, everything went wonderfully, and and they loved me, thank God, right? I mean, it was it was great, but I spent the day 
on my big long sort of coaching day sitting with this amazing woman in the audience and, and she just kind of we were talking and we had coffee and we had tea and, and she was saying oh it's just so wonderful uh the work that you're doing with the cast and and you know they they really love you this is wonderful and and I would, you know, where are you from and what do you do? And I told her about the kids and Phil and our music studio and, you know, all of this stuff. And she was just so gracious and kind. We had lunch together. And uh, after the, the opening night, we went uh, to the party. We got, Phil and I got invited to the party. That was a huge deal, right? I feel like, oh mm -hmm. my gosh, crazy. <laughs> I had to hang out with all these famous people. And, um, so I'm standing there talking and then we get uh, Andy York, who was the music supervisor, John Mellencamp's longtime guitar player. He comes over and we're introducing everybody. And so I'm standing there and uh, Andy comes over and it occurs to me that I don't think I ever caught this woman's name. We had, we just started talking and that was it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and introduces Bill to her and we walk away and i realized that he had just said that was meg ryan <gasps> <laughs> i had lunch with sally of when harry met sally oh uh, now to our main segment the anecdotal dote here's how it works I've selected a random word that only I've seen your job tina is to tell a true story based on that word are you ready I hope so. <laughs> uh, your word is big. I played multiple characters in um, The Wizard of Oz at Penobscot Theater. Um, I loved the vision for this particular production. Um, Dorothy was very, very small. She was a ch child. And the rest of us were very big. So when you say big, I feel... I'm reminded of my costume as a winky and the <laughs> winkies are the ones that go, Oh, we, oh, yo. Yes. <laughs> we had these big, like, um, goggles that were like minion goggles, kind of, you know, minions, right. And then we had these big, long coats. Everything was big. The boots, they're ru giant rubber boots. And then, giant rubber gloves or everything was just big right and so we get into the winky costume and all of a sudden i can't, i just i can't move i can't move i can't breathe the gloves that we had that were ginormous like fishing rubber lobster gloves or whatever um we never knew whose gloves were whose and so we all had different sweat scents and i didn't know that hands could could smell like ass. like I didn't know that. Show <laughs> and so we I don't, I don't know I'm going on a tangent but like anyway that was horrifying and I was pregnant so everything was um, was heightened so everything felt harder and bigger and uh, the gloves smelled worse probably for me than anyone else in the past. Um, I used to have to like tuck myself behind the curtain right up against the next person not to be seen. And so I was like baby belly bumping the, per you know, bop, bop. <laughs> so then everybody would make the cross and I would be stuck in the curtain. 
I could never get the black drape of the thing. So every night was a fight with my boots and my hat and my goggles and my gloves <laughs> and my pregnant belly and Bob Potts to get on stage. <laughs> so then there was one freaking night, all of a sudden I'm in the curtain and I hear, oh, yeah. and I'm still in the curtain. And I'm like, oh no! Oh, sh- I just blacked out. I must have. I must have missed it, right? And so they're halfway across the stage, and that was our cross. Like that was it. There was no way for me to get the way that the stage was. There's no way for me to get over there. <laughs> and so I just literally <laughs> ran. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw. I stopped center stage, and I just kind of looked out at the audience. And looked back and kept running. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tina, thank you so much for joining us for the podcast. This has been so much fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I love your show and super good luck with everything because it's just awesome. If and when this pandemic ends, is it wrong if I want to continue to wear the mask in public? I want to. Yeah, I don't want people to see my face. I I want to because of two reasons. Mm-hmm. One, it's easier to um, rob. What? Hello? No. <laughs> no. I have learned that that my face says everything about what's happening in my brain unless I actively acknowledge it and choose otherwise which has been a problem for me for many years. Yeah, that's why we do an audio podcast and not a visual one. (laughs) Exactly. Underneath the mask is disgust. And I love that. This is terrifying. This is a special kind of freedom. Yeah, this is terrifying listening to you talk like this. I'm so happy for you. So I will continue to wear the mask. Yeah, we'll bury you in it. It's fine. I'm hoping that doesn't happen because I want somebody to put really fierce lipstick on me. Oh, we'll put it on. Like we'll put it on the makeup. mask itself. No. <laughs> you better. You better hope that I die first, then, because if I get a hold of your corpse, then I'm. I'm. I'm gonna have some fun. That oh sounds God. really gross. Yes, it does. Not, wow, an, not anything. I was wrapped not up in anything my own thoughts. Dirty. I'm gonna like take a magic marker to like your face. My actual face or my masked face to your actual face and then i'm gonna put lipstick and give you like a joker smile on your masked face i mean dude have at just remember if you kiss me off in the afterlife i'm haunting your for the rest of your life i'm okay with that i would still have you in uh in the remaining years of my life so that wouldn't be a bad thing we could do a we could do a new podcast that's like that's like afterlife and life with Laura and John. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Okay, doters. That's another you episode have to in. You come up with a better name. Oh, we said doters was the way to do Did it. Did we decide we doters dote was heads, better than dote heads? Yeah, because it sounds like we're we're like advocating that our users are on drugs. Which I mean, if you're listening this long, then you probably are. But doters was the better choice. I support. Okay, continue. So sorry. Okay. Uh, That's another episode in the books. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have a story inspired by the word... Big. Big. (laughs) (laughs) We forgot what the word was. totally forgot what the word was. Oh, my God. 
let us know. Have a question or need some anecdotal advice on a subject? We're both not experts, but we'd love to give you our two cents because who? that's why we have a podcast. So send those all to us and they might be shared on a future podcast. Send those questions, comments, or stories to us written, filmed, or by audio at theanecdotaldote at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Also, write us a review and share this podcast with your friends. Remember, everyone has a story to tell, especially you. So send them in. We're excited to listen. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. I know this is going to be a very loaded question. Uh-oh. How, um, how would you rate my state of mind? Listener, if you could only see the look that she's giving right now. Um, that good, can, huh? 